0: Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Lisa H. and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Tennessee. Today is Wednesday, June 8, 2022, and this is the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. Today we're reading from the big book and we're in Bill's story on page 8, beginning um, on the fourth paragraph that begins, My Musing Was Interrupted by the Telephone reading and sharing on that one paragraph that ends, drinkers are like that. Today's readers, and thank you for your service this Wednesday. For the 12 steps, Barb W., the 12 traditions, Nancy M., readers of the text, Nancy R., and Susan S. H., our newcomer greeter is Reva P., and our second hour host is Kathy C. Overeaters Anonymous is the Fellowship of Individuals Our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Barb W. to please read the 12 steps.
1: Good
2: morning, Barb W., Illinois, the 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood Him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for your service. Have a good day, everyone.
0: Thank you, Barb W. And I'll now ask Nancy
3: M. to please read the 12 Traditions. Good morning, this is Nancy M. in Florida, the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience.
4: We lost you, Nancy. Nancy
3: M, I can't hear you. Oh, I'm sorry, I don't know what happened. Okay, okay. you Start hear me now?
5: three.
3: Yes, yeah, I can hear you three. now. The only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Rather than promotion, we need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you, Nancy
0: M. How our meeting works. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book, and we are on page eight in Bill's story, the bottom of the page, the fourth paragraph that begins, My Musing Was Interrupted by the Telephone, and we'll be reading and commenting on that one paragraph that ends, Drinkers are like that. And I'll now ask Nancy R. to please begin reading.
6: Good morning. It's Nancy R. from Illinois. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. My musing was interrupted by the telephone. The cheery voice of an old school friend asked if he might come over. He was sober. It was years since I could remember his coming to New York in that condition. I was amazed. Rumor had it that he had been committed for alcoholic insanity. I wondered how he had escaped. Of course, he would have dinner, and then I could drink openly with him. Unmindful of his welfare, I thought only of recapturing the spirit of other days. There was a time we had chartered an airplane to complete a jag. His coming was an oasis in this dreary desert of futility. The very thing, an oasis, drinkers are like that. Ah, As I read this paragraph, I was thinking, I was reminded, of um my last um relapse um before I um got recovered this past fall. And um it's very painful. Um so how I can relate to this paragraph is that I was uh in over a four year relapse I was um I was as as Bill is in this moment um you know uh bleak um, uh hopeless um, no end in sight um, so um, a little over four years ago, um a dear friend of mine in program started working with a new sponsor, and um that sponsor introduced her division for you, and um I noticed. Uh, a complete change in her, as um Bill is gonna notice and his friend when he comes over and um you know she was uh had been in program like me for a long time in and out of relapse, and um she had changed, and um she was recovered, and she had worked through the 12 steps in a matter of a couple of months with a recovered compulsive overeater. And um, she was free, and I was not. And I was interested, um, and I was not willing to do the work. And I stayed in relapse for four more years, at least four more years. And so one day when... Um, God, God kept sending out those search parties for me, through her and others um, that love me in this program. And they'd ask, "What can I do for you?" And I was just like, you know, I have no idea, because when I'm in the throes of this illness, I, I have no idea what help I want or need. I don't want help, actually, but what I need. And so they just kept coming back and. um uh, searching, and uh, one day God, oh, I so thought I would tell him just to pray. That's all I know. Just pray for me, please. And um, last uh, October, God um, gave me the willingness to start doing this work and pick up the phone and call this recovered person that he'd been, God had been leading me to for a couple of years, and I kept saying no to and um, I knew if I called that person, I was going to have to do the work. And so I had the willingness to do it because of God. Put down the food, started working this program, and um, in a matter of months uh, worked through the 12 steps and Time. continue to work the steps every day. And uh, so that's what's to come as we continue reading Bill's story. So I am grateful today, and uh, thank you for the opportunity to um Sir. I pass. Thank
0: you, Nancy R. And before we proceed, I'm sorry to say I omitted the reference numbers for yesterday. So I'm gonna tell you the the share ID for yesterday, Tuesday, June the seventh, twenty twenty-two, for the seven AM Eastern Time meeting. It's nineteen thousand forty-one. That's one nine zero four one. And the 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 19,042. So 19042. Sorry about that omission. And although we value your experience, we do ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So, who would like to read a uh, uh, comment on what was read this morning?
4: Martha,
0: did you say Martha? Yes. Christina J. Sam S. Did you get me Lisa? Of- I did. Then no, I just now Harlan. Thank you. Thank you. Christina J. Sam S. Martha, you'll have Golda, to Golda. Golda, you'll have Golda to Golda. H. Yes. Okay. Anybody else? I'll Sorry, there were two people, I missed you both. Say it again. Okay, I didn't know there were two people that I missed. Um, So I have Martha, Chris, what's that,
1: Susan? It was Susan S.H., I couldn't unmute. Thank
0: you, Susan. (laughs) Okay, all right, this is what I have, Martha, Christina J., Sam S., Harlan G., Golda H., and Susan S. H. Martha, Martha, please share with us, and if you'll give me the initial of your last name.
4: Martha, press star one. Hi, this is Martha. Can
7: you hear me? I can hear you now. Thank you. Oh, great. Okay, thanks. Um, it's Martha O uh, from Vancouver, Canada. Right now, I'm in New York City, uh, just like Drunk Bill. <laughs> so, thanks for the opportunity to share. Thank you, everyone doing service on the line. Um, I'm a recovering compulsive reader and bulimic. i really grateful that we read this today. I was just thinking, um, you know, I'm coming back from a relapse. Um, I have just over six weeks back, and, you know, my whole story in OA is a lot of, you know, what seemed like what felt like permanent recovery and then terrible relapses, but um, when I'm in my disease i what I really, really identify with in this reading is that idea that everybody or it's not even an idea, it's a reality that everybody else is a means to an end to feed my needs, like how do they fit into the raw deep need I have to feed my disease or to, to validate me or, you know, whatever it is I need, like pe- humans, it's like they don't even have their own internal lives other than what I need. Um, and I also, the the with being interrupted by the telephone, I think of how many different times when I've been relapsing that I have, I felt like my um, escapism is interrupted by the telephone. And then I have to decide is, you know, will this, do I answer this um, or what's in it for me? Or, you know, do I need to pretend this call never happened? Um, and I love the, you know, unmindful of his welfare and just the idea that the ha- that any happiness or freedom or joy that could exist is in recapturing the spirit of other days. Like there's no concept that future, ha- that happiness could be in the now or ahead of me. Um, and, and the idea that, uh, like those memories or somebody that can bring back memories is, is an oasis. And I love, just love that ending drinkers are like that, like eaters are like that, but I guess there's so much hope ahead. I love the next line about the fresh skin and glowing. And I think about all those times when I was in relapse, when I did happen to pick up the phone for whatever reason, the the grace of God and (laughs) to hear, to hear that glowing, Joy in another in a recovered person's voice is such a lifeline, and you all are that for me. So thank you for being here, and um, thank you for the opportunity to share. I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Martha O. and Christina J. You're up, followed by Sam S.
8: Morning, everyone. Christina J. from the state of Washington. Um, Yeah, there's going to be so much on this paragraph, and I so look forward to hearing everybody's take on the different parts of it. The thing that really jumped out to me was the very thing in an oasis. Um, I lived in fantasy all my life that this diet was going to do it, that diet was going to do it, Um, and the food was going to do it. And the spiritual recovery was going to do it in spiritual programs, sitting in the desert alone, starving for four days and five nights, searching for the answer. Um, spiritual circles, uh, you know, dancing naked in the moonlight, I don't know.
9: <laughs>
8: Tons of shit. That was just like the oasis I was chasing that was never there when I got there. It was going to be there. I knew I was going to find this miracle. I just had endless hope. I never thought of killing myself. But I had this endless hope that someday I would get this. I would get this. That was a joke. And the true oasis came for me when I heard the word recovery in the vision room. And I don't, didn't have an ebby come my way per se. I had people along the journey. The first OA rooms I went into was the first taste of what this ebby could bring to me. And all the rooms I went through through the years. And then I got to uh, starting my own meeting here in Washington, and somebody said in the meeting, have you heard vision? And I was like, oh, yeah, whatever, another phone meeting. And then they said it to me again in a very serious way. And I was in relapse, and I sat one night and listened, and that was my Ebby. I heard your voices on the line saying, recovered. I heard your joyful, you know, like uh, the voice of an old friend. He sounded... Wonderful, you sounded wonderful, you sounded clear you you talked of the the spiritual uh, awakening, you talked of the sunlight of the spirit, you talked of things I had never heard in the rooms, and my heart was like grasping for what it what it could be for me. I wanted it, I wanted it and uh this paragraph he's not really thinking of that. he's thinking of his drinking and how he could drink in front of this person, and um I didn't really have that. I, I ate secretly in closets, hidden in my car, hidden in back rooms. I never ate openly with anyone. Um, of course, there was buffets where I justified two or three plates, but everybody else was eating, and no one thought that I had a problem. So the oasis, I chased it all my life, and it was never never fertile. Nothing in the life that I had before recovery, Envision in, in this OA room, this healthy OA room, did it for me. Um, you guys and the book has the oasis I was looking for all my life. Love you guys, and I passed.
0: Thank you, Christina J. <clears throat> and Sam S. You're up, followed by Harlan G. Hey,
10: good morning, Lisa. Thank you so much for leading today. Morning morning, friends. My name is Sam S. I'm a recovered compulsive eater. I live in Bristol, Rhode Island. I just love my buddy Bill here. Um, my music was interrupted by the telephone. Don't interrupt my thinking. <laughs> do not interrupt my thinking of taking action to tell me that you have taken action. Don't do it. Mm-mm. And uh, and what I love here is that this line, you know, the idea of he was sober. I mean, it's in, in italics, so it's important. The idea for me was that sobriety <clears throat> wasn't fun because um, for me being absent and untreated is not fun. And, uh, and so um, when I, when I see myself in these pages, I think that the only way to um, to be quote unquote abstinent is by, um, by cheating the system and getting away with it because I don't know any other way that I've ever lived. Um, <clears throat> other than fooling people to think that I was um that I was not using and talking a big game and uh and lying um, but what I, I absolutely love here is that um, the, w- where I find myself in these pages is that the idea of people being an inconvenience to me, but now that you're here, let me vomit all of my problems all over you and let me use you up and chew you out and, and spit you out. I want to be bulimic with people. I want to take them in and I want to. That's just, that's who I am. And it's who I can be um, if I'm not in the work and I'm not in the steps. And um, the idea of recapturing the spirit of other days, my mind, the the obsession of the mind, the lie, the delusion that I tell myself that food is still a good idea. I don't remember any of the consequences. I won't remember them, but I remember in in my mind that is twisted, that there was oh yeah, no, no, no. We had a great time when this happened. I don't remember all the afters and I, I can't. And so I just, um, you know, the, the word oasis here, um, it's a refuge. Some coming, someone coming and someone fixing me is a refuge and being in the, in the food for me, I thought it was a refuge because it was my solution. And, um, and for me, it, it's, I'm just like that. I am like that. And so I need a solution. Um, I love my buddy Bill over here, and I just love that I, that I can do that still in, in recovery today. I can, I can muse, I can think, and um, I can plan in my, in my head how life is supposed to go without actually getting in life and without following the, the steps of the women um, that are actually doing this thing. And uh, I'm grateful to be here today. Thanks for that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Sam S. And Harlan G., you're up, followed by Golda H. Thank you
9: very much, Lisa. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in Scottsdale, Arizona. We're looking in on Bill Wilson in November of 1934, but let's back up to April of 1934, and we find Ebby Thatcher. Abby Thatcher and Bill Wilson will meet each other in 1910 when they are both students at Burr and Burton Academy. And at Burr and Burton, they will become fast friends. They will also do an enormous amount of drinking together. They are drinking buddies. God knew who to send to give Bill the message, he sent an alcoholic, and what does Dr. Silkworth tell us? He tells us that in order for the message to be carried, it must have depth and weight, but let's back up to April of 1934, Abby Thatcher is in Manchester, Vermont, right across from East Dorset, Vermont, that's how they know each other. Manchester is where many wealthy families have summer homes, and the Thatchers were wealthy industrialists from Albany, New York,
10: and they had a summer
9: home in Manchester, and Ebby was sent there to get away from the family in Albany because he was unusually drunk and disorderly. He goes out there in April, he's painting a wall to get the house ready for the summer. He starts drinking heavily. Pigeons land on the gutter. He takes a shotgun out, blasts the pigeons. Neighbors call the police April of 1934. Ebby is arrested for drunken disorderly. He is told at that time, if this happens again, you're going to Brattleboro. Brattleboro is not only a town in Vermont, it is where the insane asylum was at that time. It may still be there, I don't know. But he is told he's going to Brattleboro. August of 1934, end of August, 34. Ebby is driving drunk. He drives into a woman's home, shows no contrition hops out of the car, her kitchen is destroyed by his car, hops out and says, hey, Toots, how about a cup of coffee? She calls the police, and in early September of 1934, Ebby is to be remanded to Brattleboro for an indefinite period of time. Two men, Roland Hazard and Zebra Graves, Jr., will step to the judge and ask for Ebby Sebra Graves Sr. is the judge. He will remand Ebby to their care. Ebby will go into the Oxford Group movement in September of 34, and in November, with two months of sobriety, he will be told to give testimony. Testimony means share with someone what God did for you. He thinks we can do this with, and he thinks of Bill Wilson. It is now November. Ebby Thatcher is about to call on Bill with a solution to a problem that he doesn't know about Ebby knows the solution Bill knows the problem Bill doesn't know there's a solution Ebby doesn't know what the problem is in the coming days here on Vision we will see how the confluence of the problem and the solution will come together and they will and not they. Bill will bring the message to the world and what Bill will refer to all of his life as the bedtime story is the story that we are about to engage in, not just today but in the coming days of Vision I wouldn't miss a day if I were you. This is going to be history making and this is going to change the world forever to bring light into the freezing cold cave of alcoholism and every other addiction known to man with that i'll pass thanks lisa for your service thanks
0: thank you thank you harlan g and golda h You're up, followed by susan sh
11: thank you so much hi i'm golda h a food addict from living in israel Um, uh, yeah, I really, there were sentences that just jumped out at me. I don't know. This is what jumped out at me. He was sober, like italics. And this is what I do. I notice every overweight person around me. I don't notice their smile. I don't notice their eyes. I don't notice their soul, their personality, anything. I just notice right away if someone's overweight or not still. Um, it's a hyper vigilance about other people, like taking other people's inventory and um, in relation to my addiction. And um, of course it, it has other meanings that, you know, he was sober, of course, that was very important to the story, obviously. But, um, and then he says, I wondered how he had escaped, like not maybe he was, Recovered, maybe he's released, maybe he got healed. No. How had he escaped? Like he's a convict, like he, and he was, I guess, you know, like it's all negative. And then it goes into me, 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 you know, I could drink openly with him. I can do what I want. I can, you know, to hide my drinking, unmindful of his welfare. I thought only of recapturing, you know, I want to feel good. I mean, it's a great paragraph about who I was as an addict, as an active addict. I was hypervigilant. I was negative. I was self-centered and I just wanted to feel good at all costs and, um, while dying, you know, while just going into death. And, um, I just, what I, what, I just want to quickly say one more thing. I, I really, um, I've gone so many stages in my food recovery. You know, it's been uh, about 20-something years that I've been struggling and had been in food recovery of different – it's just been in different gradations. I don't have this black-and-white story of, like, you know, I was binging and then I finally got it, now I'm recovered. You know, I was binging and then I got it and I got it, but then there were new layers of step work I needed to do, or new layers of realizing the depth of the problem or the fact that my addiction was progressing and I wasn't, my recovery wasn't keeping up with it. So that program stopped working and I was using it like a diet, you know, it's just like up and down. And this is the kind of thing that I will feel like, well, I'm terminally unique. You know, I'm not like everyone else. And, um, and that's a lie. That's a lie of my disease. And it, it's just saying that so I'll go back out and eat and won't, use the solution that you're all using we all have variations of stories and recovery and that's good
4: that's okay and i'm just grateful to thank you golda h um
0: and susan sh please share with us
1: hi this is susan sh in ohio can you hear me okay yes okay well how does this relate to me oh Boy, does it relate to me. Um, What I was like was that I spent a year and a half in the room, not in the steps. That was after one meeting 30 years before because I was getting desperate again. um, But not desperate enough to do the work. Um, It relates to Bill. Um, I was hearing voices that I, I recognized in the meeting. Um, maybe not a lot of recovery at that time, but voices that I wasn't alone. I could see I wasn't alone. And then I was um, told to look into a vision for you, and I did. And I heard joyous voices and recovered voices. I didn't know what I didn't know then, and I didn't know where to start, to, but I wanted that. I wanted that. The desperation... As my last binge, it was in October of 2016, drove me to step out in faith. It was a leap of faith for me and put my name out as a newcomer. cover Um, I found within a few days a voice, a sponsor, who shined her light on the big book and helped me work these steps quickly, abstinently, to the best of my ability. She listened to me and helped me apply the steps with my life. And uh, <clears throat> I am so grateful that I continue this journey every day. It is simple, but not easy. I'm just so grateful there are voices willing to to step out in faith and help each other. Um, the rewards, the work goes on, but the rewards go on, and the rewards are a feeling of sane and happy usefulness every day. And uh, I am very grateful and joyous to be here. So I will pass with that.
0: Thank you, Susan S.H. And we are um, again in Bill's story on page eight the fourth paragraph that begins my musing was interrupted by the telephone and ends drinkers are like that. And who else would like to share on that paragraph?
12: Kelly S. Russ M.
0: Kelly Kelly S, Russ M. Kathy M. Kuli B. Kathy, Kathy M. Larry I think you said. Larry B. <laughs> Larry K. Okay, Vasa O. Okay, let me tell you what I have. Kelly S., Russ M., Kathy M., Truly V., Larry K., and Vasa O.
12: Kelly S., you're up, followed by Russ M. Hey guys, it's Kelly S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater and bulimic, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'm really surprised when I get my name out there so fast. I'm like, okay, get my glasses on. Okay, so I wanted to share about this um, and share with you guys my experience in recovery. So in two thousand fifteen after being here since uh two thousand eighty two I became recovered in an accident and uh I say five years and it was because um started listening to Vision for You two years prior to that took me two years and heard that message of depth and weight and, and I will say they're my ebby you guys are my ebby and I heard the message of God and that that's what the solution was. And I lived that solution, and I was truly recovered. And then that last year, that fifth year, you know, I started to forget because I forgot what the real focus is and what the big book says. It's all contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition, right? And so um, I heard a spiritual speaker yesterday talking about, you know, the more recovery he gets, the more God he needs. And I forgot that because I let the gifts of the program take away my program, you know, and so, anyway, that last year <clears throat> I began really struggling, mostly with dishonesty. Um, anyway, so, and I knew that, but wasn't willing to be honest about it. And so, one of my dearest friends, who became recovered with me in 2015, went out and relapsed for two years, and put all her weight back on and peaced out on me. And I would occasionally call her. Well, she came back a little over a year ago, and she started. Um, she stopped, started with a new sponsor that she knew of from from Vision, and she was listening to some workshops, some people, some women were putting on that were on fire with God, and she'd call me, and she was like, on fire, and I'm just like, listening to her, I love her dearly, today she is my accountability person, and I would listen to her, yeah, 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 but you know what, what I was doing was working, mm, but was it? wasn't really, I mean, come on, you know, all, I, I was it I was keeping my weight off, I was using my tools, I was working steps, Well, was I, not really, right, And so I would listen to her because I love her, and she would call me, and she was on fire with this God thing, this thing that I'm like, well, I mostly spend time with God. You know what? I forgot. The tools aren't the solution. The steps aren't the solution. The book's not the solution. All of those are to give to God, and I've gotten away from that solution. If I'm not spending time with God, if I'm not focused on the real solution, then guess what? I picked up, and I had a day of binging and purging a a little over a year ago, and it was awful, so it's contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition, not how many tools, not how many steps, not how many people I'm calling my connection with this power, and it's so easy to forget, and I just wanted to tell you guys that, and just say, today I know the real solution, these things all get me to God, but God is my answer, and thank you, God, for my friends, that we have never given up on each other, and for you guys for being my epi, love you guys, pass.
0: Thank you, Kelly S. And Russ M, you're up, followed by Kathy M.
13: Good morning. Uh thank you for your service. Good morning, fellas. Russ M recover, Overeater from North South Pennsylvania. So the Sierra's a killer, you know, especially the history of Harlem broke all that down and when I when I hear these the whole Bill story, Abby how how these people that weren't connected became connected and now we're connected to them. Now we, we got God's hand in all this, you know, it's, it's pretty damn cool. How, uh, you know, Sieber Graves and then Abby and then the, the Oxford group movement comes to Bill, Bill develops it. And then here we are all these years later, you know, I'm not, I'm not killing my body or hurting people, you know, and, you know, I, I think of that with my Abby quickly. Uh, he was, a, he was recovered, uh, crack addict and, and, uh, you know, I knew he had a solution, you know, I didn't know anything really about AA or anything like that, but I knew he had a solution. I asked him, I said, look, I think I got an issue with, with food. He said, you better check out a 12 step program. And, you know, I poo-pooed it. You know, I, I threw it down and, uh, for about nine more years, I had to be crushed to, to be open to it. You know, I, I wish I was open, or I wish I was broken. You now I wish I was, my ears and my heart and soul was open enough to be able to to move forward. I had to suffer that time, but I just think I was connected to him through my father in music. His best friend, one of his best friends, his mentor, music, and it's like it's like four, it's like wait, like thirty years before I was born. And then I get connected to my abbey. all through, you know, God's hand. And like Kelly just said, I love the book. I love my fellows. I love this program. It set me free. Yet all this leads me to God. And it develops, you know, I, I got to be armored up in my spiritual life with my emotions to be regular, to be just like a normal human being, to get through life. If not, you know, I'm going to be in that food. I'm going to be on any substance that's going to keep me medicated. So now that I just took you from the East Coast to the West Coast with all this, my like, crazy train of thinking, uh, it's only through God that I'm on this phone. And, you know, this this program is inspired by God. Not that you need me to tell you that, but you understand what I'm saying. All right. Love, love you. Have a beautiful day. I pass.
0: Thank, thank you, Russ M. And Kathy M., you're up, followed by Truly B.
14: Hi, this is Kathy M., a Compulsive Recovery Leader from Massachusetts. I want to thank everybody on the line that's doing our service this morning. Thank you for taking my call. So Miami was a um, a friend from um, uh, another fellowship that we had both been in for uh, many years, and uh, um, we did a whole bunch of paying ways together and, and, um, and were successful, and then we worked. Um, and then she, uh, said, Hey, uh, let's try these OA meetings. And I said, okay. And, and we went to a couple and said, with all our experience and knowledge from our other program, let's just sit down with the 12 and 12, a 12 and 12 and, and, and do it ourselves. And, and we tried two or three uh, times of doing that. And we talked about food and we talked about food and we talked about food and we realized, nah this isn't going to work. And, uh, and we let it go. And, um, probably about a year and a half after that she came to me <laughs> again and said um you know what I, I've gone back to those OA meetings and <clears throat> and I think I found one that that maybe you like too and so again off off I went to uh the OA meetings and um and this time I you know I, I I got a group and I got a sponsor and and um you know I was working the program to the best of my ability that I spot and um I had the pink cloud and and um and I lost some weight and I can't tell you that I had abstinence and I can't tell you that I had recovery, but I thought, I thought, I thought, and that's been pretty predominant in the last two minutes of my talk is I thought I had this. And, you know, I got to a point about four years, five years recovery and I can't call it recovery. Uh, um, Not eating foods and, and things just weren't going right. And uh, I was just not, you know, the unmanageabilities in my life were creeping back in and, and, um, you know, and I finally found a, a guide through, um, through this program um, uh, and uh, I went through the steps again in the big book and, and I found abstinence. And, and what a world of difference. Uh, and I just uh, want to thank everyone for being out there for me today. And um, if you haven't worked the, the, the steps in the big book yet, give it a whirl. So thanks. Uh, and I passed.
0: Thank you, Kathy
14: M. And Truly V, you're up, followed by Larry K.
4: I think I got that right, Truly B,
0: star one. I can't hear you. Truly B, may I be heard? Oh, now you can. Go ahead, Truly. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) yay.
15: I'm just so happy to hear all the beautiful messages this morning. Um, And thank you for your service and everybody doing service on 14 Wednesday. Anyway, um yeah, you know, to me, um Abby, you know, the deliverer of hope, you know, the deliverer of hope. And that's how I felt um 22 months ago. Um when I um I was introduced to vision. Um the you know, the the addiction, the active addiction is exactly like it like um it's described here. It's a dreary desert of futility, you know, trying to put the food down on your own, going to meetings that are not healthy and not getting the message, and being around recovered people and wanting the food plan. Just give me the food plan. There's a magic food plan out there. You know, if I give up this, if I eat this, if I don't do, you know, and it's like, no, the the message is really simple. You know, the message is in the book. But I had known this book for so many years, and I had not heard this book. I did not understand this book. I didn't understand Bill W. And you know what? Uh, studying the book with you guys has made me fall in love with Bill um, and be so grateful uh, to Bill for this big book because this is the solution. And, um, you know, we bring hope. And the woman that brought hope to me, my own Abby Thatcher, I had seen her for years overweight. And when I saw her recovered, there was hope. You know, maybe I can do it if I do what she does. And guess what? She still recovered. And to me at the time, you know, to have 30 days of abstinence was huge. This woman has tons of years of happiness this, and I want what she have oh she has I want what you guys have, and then you know I gotta say you're you were you all my ebby and one particular man that's gonna follow me, you know his attitude towards this program, his infectious uh happiness I wanted to share it with you he's my ebby. And, you know, receiving all the welcome calls when you introduce yourself in this program, you guys are all my heavy. But you know what? We have to pick up the phone and listen. We have to allow ourselves to be loved. We have to do what you do in order to get this miracle. Anyway, thank you, you guys. I'm just uh, just so grateful this morning because this infectious um, message of recovery is what I need today to get through today. All right, I love you, and you know, I am recovered, thanks to you and to my God, one day at a time, but I am not cured, and I will continue to do this deal. I'm
0: out with that. Thank you, Truly B. And Larry K. you're up, followed by Vasa O.
16: Oh, thanks so much for your service, uh, Larry K. Recovered compulsive Reader from Chicago. You know, Ebby Thatcher's place in AA history—we have heard it today. It's it's written in stone, right? It's a, one alcoholic extending the hand to another uh, about a spiritual solution, and that's written in stone. His place in AA history. You know, um, this this vision for youth thing—it's been around for what ten ten years. If you go on there, you'll you you can find special editions. You can find you know people. You can go back to 2012, 2013, something like that. There are people, um, Ebby didn't stay sober, that's part, he's written in stone, it's a beautiful part of our history, but he didn't stay sober. There are people that I heard uh, that spoke so beautifully, that carried the message so wonderfully back in 2013 or whenever this started. And uh, they're not here today. And I don't know all the situation, but I know some of the situations. Some people are dead. This disease took them out, and they are dead, and they are never coming back. They are deceased of this disease. And others may have left, and they, I don't know, maybe they got disturbed with how things were going. I I don't know. It's none of my business. It's none of my damn business. But I will tell you, I am so glad. I am so grateful for those that have been here, for those that came later, that are here consistently day after day, extending their hand to the next suffering, compulsive reader with a message of hope. I don't want to die of this disease. This disease manifest. it's deadly. It will kill you. If you're not bad enough, just remember the word yet. I didn't reach 300 pounds yet. But one hand, one beautiful hand extended to another of a spiritual solution. That's what Abby Thatcher, I don't care if he didn't remain sober. Bill always called him his sponsor. If my sponsor went out today. This program is still here. The spiritual program of action is still here today for me. By the grace of God, and only by the grace of God do we have recovery. And so with that, I will pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Larry Kay. And Vasa O, please share with
5: us. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. I'm Vasa, Grateful Recovered Compulsive OVIDA. Calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts, thank you, Lisa, for your service, and thank you for everybody's service this morning. I love Bill's story, and uh, I love everybody's stories that I hear on the phone bridge. Uh, We all have our stories, and they're they're very important, and I love hearing other people's stories. So um, my Abby came to my house. We had been friends. For a few years, playing tennis, trying to burn calories and then eat to reward ourselves. So I hadn't heard from her for a while, and uh, I kept on calling her home, and her husband said to me, "Well, she's gone to our meeting. she's gone to a meeting. I'll have a call you." Ha- I remember getting angry because she wasn't calling back to me. And I said, oh, she must be really some important person, you know, going to all these meetings, you know. Finally, she walked through my kitchen door one morning, and I saw a big change in her body, the physical part, and the beautiful, glossy eyes. And I said, what have you been doing? I've tried to call you a few times, and you haven't received my phone call. She said, oh, my husband probably didn't give me the message or something. We sat in the kitchen table, and uh, I was curious. I wanted to know what she was doing. And she told me about the program, and I wanted to have what she had. Please time me because I can get carried away. And uh, it gave me so much hope. I had been in the addiction for 25 years. I didn't even know. They call the food addiction. I didn't know anything about the allergy uh, I did not know about the disease. I, I had no clue. I remember reading Dear Abby, maybe a few years before that, an article. She said there's a program for people that are struggling food addiction. It's, tw- it's called 12-step program. Well, I wasn't worried that much at that time. I thought you needed to be like 50 or 100 pounds overweight. Maybe I was at maybe 20 pounds overweight by then. And I said, oh, I'll just try to take it off. And I had lost. And gained many, many pounds in those 25 years. You know, probably thousand pounds up and down, trying to lose it. Nothing worked, and this was for me. This was the last hope, and this was the last thing I needed to try. And um, she twelve stepped me in one week before she took me to my first meeting, and I was abstinent the first those, that week because. Um, she, I just was terrified. She told me all about the alcoholic foods that I I was using at that time. And I Bye. was so, I, thank you very much. I was so addicted. And I will tell you my, the rest of my story in another meeting. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass.
0: Thank you, o. Um It looks like we have time for one more share, if anyone would like to take it.
4: Jim
17: in Ohio.
0: Karen okay. K. All right. I'm gonna go with Jim and Karen. If we have time we'll we'll get to you too. Jim, please share with us.
17: Yeah, I'm Jim S from Toledo, Ohio, a breeder. Um I haven't been connected with OA very long, but I'm getting a lot of nourishment out of the text that we read. And uh I have a mood disorder. And yesterday I was at an AA meeting and I was just in that mood where I didn't want to participate. So I thought I would go back there today and participate and everything would be okay. And I, couldn't, I went back and I couldn't stay there. I wanted to go to this OA meeting on the phone. And I'm so glad to be hearing your voices because you understand my problem with food. And I don't understand it, but I'm learning to rely on God and on the program. So um, I'm just glad that I got a chance to share a few minutes. With that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Jim S. And Karen Kay, you have two minutes. Hi, this is Erin Kay. I think it oh, Erin. Sorry, heard? go ahead.
18: Yeah, hey, thanks, Lisa. Um, this is Erin K. Recovered, Compulsive Overeater in Michigan. You know, I just thinking about what EBBY did for Bill on that day, you know, I'm, I'm hearing a lot of your stories about, you know, similar experiences to the point where, like, you know, the the EBBY is an archetype. EBBY is all, almost a verb, like, to, to be ebby or to get ebby And, you know, that definitely happened to me. Um, you know, I had a friend who found recovery through this vision meeting, through this strong OA meeting, and, and started showing up in my life in a way that, you know, was really different from, from before. And I had known her for almost two years as a really different person. And, you know, I, when I um, introduced myself as a newcomer on this meeting, I got inundated with calls to the point where I was overwhelmed and started to feel guilty because I couldn't return them all. But I mean, but it was a beautiful thing. And I remember, you know, when I came to my very first in-person OA meeting locally to me, I was so broken. I, I cried through that whole meeting. But you know what? Not a single person in that room on that day called me. And, you know, I think one of the things that, Makes this such a strong meeting is our support of one another, our outreach, our, our strong sense of the twelfth step of carrying the message, especially to the you know the sick and suffering that person that's hurting. And when I went through the big book with my sponsor, she pointed out every single example of step 12. And there are so many, even in, you know, those first step, you know, few step one chapters, there's so many examples where Bill points out the importance of carrying the message and of reaching out and of helping others. And that's just kind of
0: what inspired me today. I'll pass, thanks. Thank you, Erin Kaye. And thank you to everyone who shared this morning. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Wednesday, June 8th, 2022, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 19,049. That's 19049. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. And Susan S.H., will you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only.
1: Thank you, Lisa. Uh, this is Susan S.H.